to a pretty special episode of La Ventanita. I'm Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald food editor, joined every week by my co-host, Amy, Amy, Amy Reyes. Reyes. Whoop, whoop, give it up for Amy. Live from Kendall. Yes, so we had to record this uh, special episode, but we, you still had a, a packed weekend where you were flying out of town and flying back in. Spirit yeah. Air, baby. Yeah, I had a very exciting experience on Spirit Airlines. Um, we almost got stuck in Puerto Rico. But honestly, I can't think of a better place to be stuck because we went to a place called Guavate in Calle where they have this thing called the Ruta del Lechon. And all of these different restaurants have oh all of these god. delicious, oh my god, all this delicious pork and all of this delicious chicken and then arroz con gandules and they had um, yuca, guineito, and escabeche. It was so good. Everything was so good, Carlos. I think I'm never going to eat again. That sounds like the St. James way, but with meat, with pork. <laughs> it was just amazing. <laughs> and I don't think there's one bad restaurant on that little strip. We went to one called like El Original or something, which was cute because it had like a little a little patio out back where you could take your little lechon and just go crazy. And it was like, you know, there was a little river in the back and it was mm -hmm. beautiful with little picnic tables and stuff. But man... Getting out of Puerto Rico was a challenge. Well, I'm, Spirit very, Air I'm sucks. very glad I made it home. Spirit Air sucks. Other things that suck are Connie, uh, our colleague Connie Ogle, who's drinking wine in the desert this week. She sucks. Yeah, let's send her some, we, some bad juju. Because we have to work and she gets to drink wine. That sucks. Indeed. Anyway, we're not going to fool around too much today um, because we have a guest doing some serious work. And I'm really excited to talk to her. Uh, today's guest is uh, Carla Hoyos. Um, Carlos is going to be speaking to us from Poland uh, on the border with Ukraine, and she's there helping to cook tens of thousands of meals a day for war uh, refugees with Jose Andres' nonprofit, World Central Kitchen. Now, Carla has a big Miami connection. Uh, she was the first woman and the first Latina head chef at uh, South Beach's restaurant Bazaar, uh, one of Jose Andres's. And, you know, that came with its own set of challenges, which I'm sure we'll talk to her about. But she's been working with World Central Kitchen uh, almost exclusively, I believe, since she met Jose Andres in Puerto Rico when they were feeding tens of thousands of people in the wake of Hurricane Maria. Uh, we have a whole separate interview with Jose Andres in a previous episode, and you can dig down through the archives and read that because he was really fantastic. Um, but since then, Carla's basically given her life over to this cause. So she travels all over the world with World Central Kitchen to places it with um, unexpected crises and natural disasters, uh, feeding people who suddenly don't know where their next meal is going to come from. So I want to talk to her about, you know, what she's seeing firsthand um, in Poland from this this world crisis. Um, and I want to ask her what put her uh, on this path, you know, dating back to the start of her her career in in uh, Mexico, which is where she's from. So welcome, Carla. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to have you. I know I've been following your work on Instagram, um, which is, I think, people that are smart, uh, they're among your 14,000 uh, smart followers. <laughs> who are, I mean, the stuff that you guys are doing, you post, you're posting these amazing pictures of these unbelievable uh, uh, sizes of, of food, basically, these incredible yeah. quantities that you guys are doing. And, uh, and it's just, it's really stunning to see. Like that chicken stew that you were making, I think it had potatoes. How many people can one of those vats feed? Because it looks like the so, world's biggest paella, paella cooker. Yeah, they're actually designed specially for World Central Kitchen. 
there after well we started cooking in paella pans in puerto rico of course because that's all we had and the easiest to just set up uh but after that it has been progressing so the ones that we're using right now in poland they have been designed especially for world central kitchen so on each paella pan uh, you can fit up to 2800 portions of food and yeah we cook i mean normally 150 kilos of protein uh like 80 80 kilos of of vegetables and then another 80 kilos of starch and yeah it's a lot <laughs> it's Carla, a we're lot american so when you say kilos I, I unless you're referring to bricks of cocaine you know we're here in miami i, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> You gotta give me pounds. You gotta give me. <laughs> um, I think the easiest way is to do it like uh, if it's uh, a hand, it's double. If you wanna do okay. pounds, just do by two. Just a. Because you're like, so, we have 200 kilos of paella, man. This is people. the Miami version. Yeah. This is the yes. Miami version. No, it's, you know, because I'm used to kilos. Since I've been working, I mean, in the U.S., I've been in the U.S. for like the last 10 years. I'm used to pounds as well, but since now everything is back to kilos here. So uh, that's why. But yeah, that's uh, so where exactly, it's a lot where of food. exactly are Let's you say. right now? Where exactly are you I right mean, now? It's uh, the town, it's Prashemets. I'm six kilometers away from the border. The border is called Medica. It's one of the bigger, biggest uh, crossing points between Ukraine and Poland, and actually one of the most important ones. Uh, it has the biggest flow of refugees crossing by food and by car and buses. So, so, so uh, give us an how idea. Is, so, I'm sorry. How have things changed in the in the <laughs> in the time that you've been here? You've been there for like a month now. Yeah, month and a half. I got here. Yeah, uh, the end of February. Yeah, March first. Paint, paint a picture for us a little bit about what you're seeing in that month. It's, it's hard for us over here to imagine what you're seeing coming through the door, coming in, in where you're stationed every day. Paint a little bit of picture of the numbers of people and, and what the condition of folks so, are like and things. So when I just got here, it was pretty much the heat of the, you know, refugees crossing. Uh, we got into, you know, we got a warehouse handed to us, a warehouse with nothing in it. So our first thing to do was like just to design this, ki this kitchen from scratch and design it, make it happen, you know, get all the contractors and, and put it together. Uh, the first times at Medica, uh, my first time, it was, it was bad. Um, what do you mean it was bad? A lot of people crossing by foot. I mean, I think I've, for me that I'm used to doing disaster relief, and you know you come to a place it's been destroyed by by a hurricane by by an earthquake uh, you go there and you get a number no so many people have been you know affected this is the amount of meals you have to do per day because this is what it is in this case scenario and, and you know you can always go better from there you know the, the worst has happened you're there to make it better or feed them while everything's getting better and here is like it's I mean, when you're when you're talking to people and mostly women, um, they're crossing their border with the little child, the the little children, and they've been walking for days. The women are bruised. Of course, you're not gonna ask them what happened, but um, they don't know where to go. They're they're cold. They're hungry. Uh, they're carrying all of their belongings. It's I don't know yet. I thought I've 
things you see in movies, you know, and you never think you're going to experience that in, in as much as, as I say, you know, you want to help more, you want to do more. And it was a lot of people, you know, mostly women and children. Uh, of course, you're talking about Shemitz, it's a 60,000 people town where suddenly they were getting thousands of refugees in suddenly I mean, it took a little time to get organized. It took a little time for nobody was expecting this. Uh, nobody was ready for this. And of course, the first two weeks were chaos. You know, it, there was no tents for people to warm. It was so cold, like extremely cold. Um, like temperatures. Give us temperature. Either it, Fahrenheit or Celsius is fine, I guess. I would say, no, no, no. I, I can't do Fahrenheit, Celsius now. You know, I'm like a judge. <laughs> 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 I think it was like uh, I think we were in the 30s Fahrenheit. Wow, mm-hmm. so really freezing temperatures, yeah. And and, uh, and you're talking people that are crossing at 2 a.m. also because crossing at night was safer for them. And it, you know, it's it, when you see children cold and, and hungry, crying for their and then you're like, okay, they crossed, and what's next? You know, and and, and there was not a a big plan of like. For them, you know, the refugee centers were packed. Right now, a lot of the refugee centers here in in in, in Poland, they're they're shopping malls that they that that they, they you know transform into refugee centers. They repurpose, and you go in there, and it's like bed, bed, like it's not even a bed. Mm. How do you say like, a sleeping bag? Like a little thing thing that you open and. You know, bum, bum, like it's like a cot, like a um, um, pim, pam, pum, bo- as we would say, as the Cubans would say. Like that one, cot. that one. See, she's from Miami or she's, or she's been in Miami, you know. Yeah. This is a question, Amy, you had written down and, and um, how is, you know, you, you have been responded usually to hurricanes and natural disasters and the pandemic. Um, I know in D.C. you guys were feeding people. How is this different, though? You guys are in a literally at the edge of a war zone. There, what is that? How has that been different for you? Um, completely different. I think also, first of all, is the uh, there's a lot of like we don't know. We're learning as we go. I've never done war. I don't know how to. You know, our numbers change every day. Um, our the food items that we make changes every day. Uh, first, we started uh, making stews, and then we went to the border, you know, and then we realized that people cannot carry stews. People can barely carry their belongings. Mm. So then we needed to adjust and, and, and rethink the way that we were going to help them. They were cold, but they, they could not eat a stew. So we had to design the way that we're going to hand out the food. So maybe it was a cup that they could feel warm in their hands and what can we give? Maybe chicken broth because it's something that is, you know, like good. We also like chicken broth or hot chocolate. And it's drinkable. And when it's drinkable, they don't have to like have a fork and a knife to eat it. They want a spoon to eat it. So we were like adjusting as we went. Also uh, a piece, something sweet, you know, these people have been walking for days. These people don't have energies. What can we do? So we started baking. Uh, of course, it, it was not my plan to to build a small bakery where we we do how many how many do we know we do like maybe ten thousand portions of like either banana bread or 
bread pudding a day, and that's only you know a part of a little part of the operation. Uh, but that's what they wanted, so that's what we do, you know. And we've been adapting to that. Uh, there's different meals that we do. One thing is border crossings. Another thing is the shelters where people normally spend three, four days while they decide or find a place to stay permanently. So it's very different. Border crossings is this kind of food. Shelters, then we start making more stews. Uh, we had to learn a lot about Ukrainian cuisine because, I mean, I can give them, you know, for me, rice and beans is comfort, arroz con pollo for me is comfort. Uh, but for them, it's something else and it's about them, you know, so... Then we get to study recipes and we get to, to test recipes and we we need to make sure that, you know, what we give them is it's something that, that is comforting. So it's 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 been different for sure. Everything, you know, the logistics, everything. Um, yeah. So how many people are how many people are you helping um, when they cross the border like a day or is there no no real way to know? Uh there's no it's hard to know. plan, That's right? It's, it's so inconsistent. So we're calling the sites every two hours. Wow. So normally by 2 a.m., I get uh, my message of what the meals that need to be done by 7.30 or 8 because we're feeding people 24 hours. So I normally start at 5.30. I'm done by 9, 9.30. And... And then I, I wake up to that message. I normally, you know, normally will be like 3,000 meals by that time. Three, the average three to 4,000 meals. So I kind of like have my prep ready and to get it out. And then every two hours we're calling. Sometimes they'll call us and be like, hey, there's a train that just arrived at the train station and it has 2,000 people. They need food now. So we need to be ready for that. And, and I mean, it's the, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's good. But it's different, you know, and and yeah. How many people? How many people are working with you? I'm sorry. How many people um, are working with you? We have a lot of volunteers. Uh, we have uh, the slots. We have around 30 slots for volunteers, and then I have uh, uh, one sous chef that I uh, that I work with when I did uh, when I did the pandemic in Spain, and a couple a couple cooks that we I mean they're working with me with with us and yeah that's that's wow. it in the kitchen kitchen we're five people wow so you're like 35 people feeding maybe 10,000 people a day that's uh, we do that's yeah, unbelievable. 12, 12,000 and 12,000 plus 8,000 sandwiches a day plus then 10,000 pieces of like either banana bread plus the hot chocolate and we also started to make cold salads because it started to get a little warmer sometimes. So we make, you know, the beet salad or potato Ukrainian salad. Or we're learning with the salads. We're testing recipes that, you know, that flavors that, that they like. There's this incredible video that you posted to your Instagram, which is uh, just uh, chef, at Chef Carla Hoyos, uh, K-A-R-L-A, Hoyos, H-O-Y-O-S. And it's uh, it's a a time lapse of you guys making what was it like ten thousand sandwiches, and it's like yes, we're, it is we are actually tomorrow. Tomorrow we're making ten thousand sandwiches and we're raising ten thousand dollars for World Central Kitchen. Normally we make eight thousand, but yeah, and you know the sandwich line for World Central Kitchen is super important because talking with Chef Jose and he said no, it's a way of people that really want to be a part of this and 
don't have a lot of knowledge on food or kitchen can be a part of, you know, because it takes a lot of people to make 10,000 sandwiches. So anyone can make a sandwich. So, and it's also a very, we make very good sandwiches. Uh, and it's a very, you know, it's a meal that, I mean, it's weird that somebody doesn't like a sandwich. Well, Jose, <laughs> What's on Jose your Andres? sandwiches? You, you, what kind of sandwiches What's are you for, making, Carla? Uh, to be honest, uh, well, either ham, turkey, pepperoni, salami, what we can also source. Because remember, we're in a 60,000 people town. And, you know, we wiped all of the ham. We wiped all of the turkey. Uh, I mean, we go around 1,000 pounds of 1,200 pounds. You see, I said it in pounds. We just meet a day. And the same with cheese. And... Uh, so yeah, uh, we make ham cheese, but normally it's like a five ounce sandwich, five pounds plus maybe four ounces of cheese and a lot of mayo. It has to have a lot of mayo. That's by Chef Jose, because that might be sometimes that sandwich, if it's the only meal somebody will have in a day, um, it also needs to be substantial and with the right amount of calories to, to get people through through the day, if that's the only thing they have to eat. Right, like pack in those pack in those calories. So tell me about uh, because uh, tell me about what it's been like learning about that cuisine because the one thing I that I've always noticed about these World Central Kitchen things is they show up you guys show up and you make food that is comforting and accessible to the people who you're trying to help you just don't show up with like you know mac and cheese American mac and cheese like <laughs> mac and cheese para todo mundo you know peanut butter <laughs> yeah like in in uh, Puerto Rico I remember you guys made un pastelón which is like Think of a Latin version yeah, of shepherd's pie, you know? Right. Um, so so what what did you have to learn about the cuisine in, in Ukraine? And what did, you, what did you learn about, like, the kind of food that is comforting? I mean, first of all, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google is your friend. Uh, when they, when they, yeah, when they, you know, because, you know, I got the, well, I saw, I, I saw Jose on Miami. We were on Saturday. It was a food and wine, I remember, right before. I came in, you know, he had asked me, like, are you coming to Poland? Are you coming to Ukraine? And I was like, you know, I mean, you're here in the war in Ukraine. I was like, yeah, I'll let you know. Next thing <laughs> I know, you know, I get a text on Monday, like, uh, you're coming. I'm like, tomorrow, you need to be here. And I was like, Carla, okay. you need so, you to know, come to Ukraine. That's... I need to hear cooking. <laughs> yeah. All of the things, Carla. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. And uh, so, yeah, I was on a flight next day. And... On my flight, you know, uh, searching recipes, uh, learning, asking. We also worked with a lot of locals, so it's good. Uh, a lot of the people that, you know, volunteers are lo locals. A lot. So every time we make something that we learn on Google, um, we I give them to taste. Hey, can I add this? Of course, I always want to add something spicy, and I always want to add more salt. And they're like, no, no, Carla, it's, it's okay. It's okay, okay. So, <laughs> you know, you adapt and you learn. Um, but yeah, so, that's, uh, so what that's is this, you... what is the Sasson of Ukraine? What is the, like, what are some of the things that you find that you you're know what? a lot of? A lot of garlic, a lot of garlic, okay. a lot of onions, potatoes. They cannot get enough potatoes. Oh, Amy like, likes everything, that. Mm, I like potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, but a lot. Um, not a lot of pasta. I that. Uh, dill, dill, parsley, uh, beets. A lot of root vegetables, um, the borscht, 
you know, that we've tried a lot of versions of. You know, it's the soup that has cabbage, beets, potatoes. Uh, some versions have pickles and horseradish on it. Some versions are just, you know, cabbage, carrots, tomato, and potatoes. And actually very good. I, you know, I've learned different versions and and they love it. It's like very comforting for them and it's good. We've learned a lot of stews, lamb, a lot of game meat. Uh, they eat as well. Uh, they love, yeah, everything pickled, uh, a lot of sauerkraut. They call it capusta. And, and yeah, I mean, definitely a different food that I'm, used to eating slash cooking but you know you learn what what are these these experiences like for you because you get to these places where you i mean there there's nothing be, similar to the the russian language the ukrainian languages to uh slavic languages to like spanish or english and and you're dealing with volunteers i imagine what has it been like you know connecting with people and you're learning about their food and you're trying to cross cultural and language challenges you know what what has that been like specifically but you know of course that sometimes when it's you can get not frustrating but you know hard when you want to communicate you want to say something for me actually the most frustrating part has not been with volunteers has been with with people at the border that i'm trying to help Mm. uh because you know i think with volunteers we're i don't know how to explain it we're we're just here for all of them, you know, for one reason. And, and there's this synergy in, in, in everything, even if, you know, you're making sandwiches or, or I'm cooking and there's there's a synergy of like, they, they're just make it, they're, they're just make it happen. And, and it's, it's very nice. And we have, you know, you have the phones. I, I speak in English, you'll tell them in, in either Ukrainian or Polish. Um, but you know, it's that is not it's not that hard. But for me, the hardest part, you know, when I was at the border, the first days while we were building the kitchen, mm-hmm. I used to go to the border like around two, from like eleven to two a.m. That was the biggest traffic, and we bought the hot chocolate because we still didn't have, you know, the the, the kitchen installed. I say we we built a kitchen from zero from a warehouse in six days. Wow. And it's a kitchen with a capacity to do 250,000 meals a day. So it's a big kitchen. It's, I think it's the biggest that I've worked in since I've been with Washington Kitchen. And when you're at the border and you see this mother crying or the, this child cold and, and all you can say is Coco because and you can't, I don't know how to, you know, like that was for me the hardest because I really want to tell them, you know, everything is going to be okay. Like you want to comfort them. Of course, you're doing everything you can. You're giving them food. I remember the girl, I just, I was like, is her mother going to be mad? I just literally hugged her. Oh. Like, I was just like, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I just gave her a hug and she started crying and oh, her whole family had chocolate, I remember, and she was crying and crying and her mother was like, just, and I just looked at her and I was offering her chocolate and she was like, no, and, and she kept crying and I was like, no, I need to hug her. So I just went and hugged her and after that, she took the chocolate, oh. and it's just that was, I think, that was the hardest for me. You know, like the, the, the I really wanted to give comfort. I wanted to tell them like everything. You know, talk to them, and and, and that was the oh, here in the kitchen is easier. You know, we it's 
there's synergy, you know, in all the volunteers we're here. A lot of, you know, most of the volunteers are American. Really? They're that flying flown over? To help, yeah. I'm telling you, like, 95%. That's really interesting because I was going to ask yeah. you whether the volunteers were local and if there were whether there was a, a language barrier. But you no, said so like, most of them have flown in. That's incredible. Yeah, most most of them, and it's it's amazing to see to be honest because it's normally to get here, it's uh you have to fly to Krakow and then you have to drive three hours, or you have to fly to Warsaw and, and drive five hours, and then this little town it's so hard to get you know a place to sleep because again everyone's you know. He, trying to stay here to help all of the organizations as well. So a lot of people are staying like an hour away, 40 minutes away, and they're coming in here, helping. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, a lot of, 95% of our volunteers are American. What, what, what do you, when you try to talk to people, us on the outside, what is one thing that you try, or a couple things that you try to convey to people about um, what you're seeing and what people are going through. What do you want people to really understand about the reality of what you're seeing over there? Um, <laughs> that war is real yeah. and it's happening. And there's a lot of people suffering. And the news don't make it justice. There's a lot. And yeah, there's a lot. You mentioned, I and, heard you more, yeah. than, more than once, you mentioned women and children mostly because we've read the stories about men staying behind to, to fight. Um, and it, it sounds like it's very, it's been very hard for you to watch. Um, oh man, it has. And you know, there's also another problem happening that. I don't know, not a lot of people talk about it, and it's happening a lot in the shelters. Um, there's a lot of child trafficking. Oh, God. So these women are vulnerable, and they have their children, and, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, the first two weeks, there was a lot of children missing. A that's lot of women that lost their kids, children. Yeah, so that's why... Importantly, when you go to the shelters, uh, you know, you have to have a special badge. You have to, they'll check your car, you know, literally like with a light, in, which is amazing. But the first two weeks, well, everything was getting settled. Like, yeah. It's incredible to me so, that, you know, that in the middle of this crisis, there are people that are willing to, to commit such like beyond, like go beyond and do such a heinous crime within this crime that, this, these people are living inside of already. Yeah, that's tragic. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that's been like for you to to deal with that going on, and at the same time trying to cook and trying to feed people and trying to comfort people. I can't imagine. I think. Yeah, I think the good thing is like we're we're when you're doing these activations, you're in such a adrenaline rush all the time, all the time, all the time, and. Every day, you know, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., and you're just trying to make it happen. For me, it's, if I sit down five minutes to think, I can't. I can't. I have to, like, keep going, keep going. The hardest part is when when they pull you out. You know, when they pull you out and, and when you have to go back and when you have to take a break. And you're like, but why? 
do I have to take a break? I don't want to take a break. <laughs> no, no, you have to. And and then to decompress and to like being pulled out of, of like this bubble that you are and you're just, that's the hardest part. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I was my third day here, I it was the first time I called my mom and I told her, I can't do this. I want to go home. Like, I don't wow. think I can do this. You know, after being on the border three days and, and seeing all of these, I broke down. I and It's not bad. It's just like, we live in Miami. We're happy. We're good. We have, you complain for stupid stuff. And, and then you're seeing all of these. It's so surreal. You know, it's, I've only seen this in movies before and, and to leave it to, you know, there's, there's this time we had to help this lady. She was crossing the border walking and she was carrying her mother in a wheelchair. And she, she had a suitcase and her mother. And so she had to push her mother on the wheelchair, leave her there, come back, get the suitcase, then push her mother again, then come back. back for the, It was like, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, and then you go to the shelters and you see how the kids are living. No children should go through that, you know, and you see. It, uh, what, what kind What kind of things are you seeing? You said when you see how the kids are living, what do you mean? I mean, it's, you're talking about a, a shopping mall and I'm not talking about an American shopping mall. I'm talking like, like a one floor, like, it's like, I don't know, like a, not very nice shopping mall uh, with not even showers because you don't have showers in a shopping mall. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every single kind of like room or store is packed with like camastros. How do you say camastros in English? Like, like, uh, like cots? What's the word? Like fold-out cots? Yeah. Yes, that's what they have. Fold-out cots. And yeah. So a shopping mall full of cots and little kids in them. Yeah, but full, like next to each other. Wow. Like it's packed, packed shoulder to shoulder. You know, and that's where they're living. And, and then, and then, and then you see that the only food they're eating is the food that we're providing. And then you see that just the eyes, you know, the looks when you walk and you bring the food, like, or it's, we started to make baby food as well, for example, because so many mothers with children and, and they didn't have food for the babies. You know, they didn't have, and it's just the beginning. And you think, you know, okay, I'm helping, I'm giving the food, but then what? You know, some people, a lot of what we're looking at, and when you're talking about the difference between when we arrived as right now, a lot of people don't have anywhere to stay. A lot of people, they needed to get out of the shelters. And so a lot now the traffic uh, in the border is people coming back because they couldn't find a safe place. Wow. Coming back words, to where? People, coming back to Ukraine? People, to Ukraine, words, people, yeah. People went to Ukraine and then coming back, back to Poland? No, people went to Poland and now they're, they're crossing back to Ukraine because they can't find a safe place? They're, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I, you know. So this this really has impacted you and has affected you in a way that that a lot of the, the, the other things that you had experienced uh, doesn't really quite uh, really quite match. I no. And how do you explain to the children that you know? How do you tell them that they have to leave their house? How do you tell them they have to 
leave their parents? They ha how do you tell them that they have to, you know, to go where? Like, like I don't, I don't get it. You know, I have it's, and there you make shit, like you talk to these people, the ones that speak English. They've been walking for two days hmm. with, with their children. Um, for what? And then to go to a shelter, like it's just when you. The way that those eyes, it's just, it's different, of course, you know, it's, then what? Where are they yeah, going to no, go? Where you, are they going to go? You've been in experiences where it's nature that's ruined everything. And this is just man. Yeah, this is the man. Like, yeah. I don't get it. Carla, will you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with World Central Kitchen? I know that uh, it goes back to meeting. Yeah, I, Rico, I, right? I was working in, in a, for Bon Appetit. It's a food service company Okay. Uh, based actually in London, uh, part of Compass Group that is based in London. I was a regional corporate chef for the Midwest mm -hmm. and living and then the CEO of that company is very good friends with Jose. When Hurricane Maria hit uh, Puerto Rico, Chef Jose had talked to him and said, tell him, you know, send me your best three people. I need a kitchen that can feed this many people because my chefs, I have restaurants, but my chefs don't know how to cook big quantities. Hmm. So that's when they sent me to Puerto Rico to volunteer for a week. Um, so I came into Puerto Rico. So and that's interesting. A lot of his chefs, because, you know, they're, Fine dining, Jose Andres chefs. They're used to 200 covers a night of perfectly small little portions. Tiny, with yeah. Things little tiny with portion. tweezers, little little yeah. microgreens chopped on top yeah. of tweezers. And now it's like cook for 10,000 people on a paella that, you know, uh, yes. the size of a football field, basically. So that's why. And so they sent me to Puerto Rico. I was supposed to be there for a week. Uh and I just started to do my thing, you know, like setting up the kitchen, organizing. I'm very systematic in the way I work. So after, you know, in Puerto Rico, there was only one hotel open. So we would all stay in the hotel. We had meetings every night with Jose. And I remember the night that I was like, hey, chef, you know, um, thank you so much for everything. I'm leaving. And he's like, you're leaving where? I'm like, you know, I have a job in Indiana. He's like, he turns to me and he's like, you know what we're doing? We're feeding a whole island. And you are the head of that kitchen. I need you. Do you want to leave? Or do you want to be a part of this? I was like, I want to be a part of this, but I don't want to lose my job. So he grabs his iPad and he opens his email. And he's like, write an email to your CEO right now. Put whatever you want, but tell him that you need to stay, that I need you, that I'll, whatever. And he's, so I was like, are you sure? I send it and, you know, they let me stay for, yeah, I, I, I let that kitchen and it was three months. Yeah, I, I was there for three, four months and we were doing there 75,000 meals a day from one kitchen. That's unbelievable. And, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know and how. So, so he basically said, he basically said, here's my email. Send an email from me to your boss telling him. That you, uh, yeah, this is why I had, to stay. That I've never met my boss before, by the way, because he's like the CEO <laughs> oh, of so the company that I used to work for. And after that, um, I came back from Puerto Rico, like in October, and then uh, one of his uh, corporate chefs for Bazaar, who was in Puerto Rico, like a week for a week with me, and met me. He started emailing me, "Hey, um, 
can we see your resume? Uh, we would, you know, want to see your resume. And I like, love I just Miami. Had the whole island of Puerto but Rico. Before, <laughs> no, but before, no, but before, like, I was like anti-Miami. I'm not going to lie. I was like, no, that lifestyle, I don't like it. Hmm. He'll be like, but, you know, maybe you can come to Bazaar and, you know, check Bazaar out. And I was like, no, I don't like Miami. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in the Midwest. I love Indiana. I love my job. So it was not until like, I think it was end of January or mid February or beginning of February that Jose called me and was like, are you going to at least see it? Are you going to come? I was like, okay. So I sent them my resume. They flew me to Miami that weekend. They flew me to Bazaar. Of course, I was like, wow, like, like, wow. Like I was impressed. Um, I was there for two days. And yeah, they made me an offer and, you know, I was like, okay, I can live in Miami for two years. And yeah, they, they called me and they're like, Jose is like, there's going to be the food and wine festival. Jose wants you here in a week. Hmm. So I, yeah, I packed my car with my books, my kitchen stuff and, and I drove to Miami and yeah, I'm, here I am almost four years later. And and that experience, uh, you um, you wrote a little bit about what it was like to work in Miami to be the first, the first woman who was the head of that kitchen, the first Latina, the first Latin person of any uh, at all to be uh, the head of that kitchen. Um, what was that like? How did what did you learn from that? And 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 just what was that experience like? Not gonna lie, it was not the easiest experience ever. Um. Bazaar was hard, challenging. Uh, I learned a lot. You know, you're coming into a kitchen where always the the leadership roles have been a very macho masculine image uh, where there's these, you know, this old school style of leadership in the kitchen. Uh, and it's weird because Jose is not like that. Mm. You know, I don't know. He's really not like that. And But, you know, it's Miami. You, you work with a lot of people. You you adapt to, you know, whatever. And So, yeah, it was hard. You know, a lot of people, first of all, did not like the idea that I I would be the chef there. And you I have meaning, to know, you know. Meaning, you, a, you meaning a woman, this, meaning a Latina, that kind of thing. Is that what, is that what you mean? And also someone that, you know, there's a lot of people that work with Jose for a long time and they don't get as close to Jose as, but, but I had just been with him for mm -hmm. four months feeding an island. And, and, and of course, people that have working years with him, they're, you know, who is she? You know, who is she? Why is she taking this position that a lot of people wanted? Because it's, uh, I mean, I, I loved it. I learned so much and Ambassar is amazing. I mean, but it's not World Central Kitchen, you know, and so yeah, you know, it's. I had a lot of challenges. I learned a lot, and not gonna lie, the first six months there, I would go home and cry and be like, "Why did I come to Miami?" Oh gosh. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it was it was definitely hard. I mean, whoever knows me knows that. Would but, you do another? Uh, would you do another kitchen job in Miami? Do you think? Um, no. So it was that I am opening my own place in Miami. 
Oh, you are. Tell us about uh, that. Am I? Yeah. So I am going to open, I mean, I have two locations. One of them is so confirmed. It's in downtown. Uh, it's it's very inspired by my grandma's cooking in Mexico. Very, nothing fancy, very traditional. Like my grandma is from the south of Mexico. So it's, it's different, but it's good. It's very good. And it's going to be, uh, I mean, of course, Mexican food and tacos, but, uh, and then, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm open. I open there and I want to create a different way of running kitchens too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What is the so, name of the restaurant, and, and and when is it opening, more or less? Uh, uh, we're shooting for July, August, Tacotomia. Oh. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, Taco's very small. We're going to start small, and and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I'm very excited, very is, inspired is, by my grandma. So. What is the name again? Tacotomia. Taco, yes. Tacotomia. But, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But so yeah, working in another kitchen, no, a restaurant. I mean, I love it. I think Miami has amazing restaurants, but I, I was, I was very burnt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did four years, which was good. You did four and, years with you no, know, but Jose. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, uh, but never from the you know, Bazaar is in the it's a partnership with you know the hotel and you know it's. Um, I mean, my my challenge never came from Jose's side. Mm-hmm. I've always, you know, been, well, it been sounds good like, with that. It sounds like you you have a you have a long history of of being independent and working for yourself and wanting to you know not not being under you know somebody telling you what you can and can't do. If you're willing to get on a plane and fly across halfway across the world, um, yeah. You 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 started. I read somewhere that you um. You had a catering company at 20 years old in, in Veracruz, I did. right? Yeah. Veracruz, and you know what's horrible? That, yeah, that it was going so well that I was like, because, you know, at 20, 19 in Mexico, especially I was living with my, with my parents, not paying rent, not paying electricity, you know? And then I was, I was actually making a lot of money. I was like, no, this can't be my life. I don't want my life to be this. Huh. I can't be 20 and just made it. Like, no. <laughs> so you know, this, is too, I, this was too easy. I this was too easy. I need to come to Miami and stuff for a know, little like, bit. <laughs> right, right. I need, no, I need some, like, some, some misogyny and some abuse. It, I'm like, I'm like, why somebody didn't like snap me? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? I think that's you what had it all. came to your uh, life to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I was, I was like, uh, I was like, no, this can't be this easy. You know, I have to do something else. Like for me, it's like, this can't be it. This can't be it. So that's when I, I, I actually went to Italy and I was like trying to learn Italian. And, and then that's when I got the call to open the restaurant in Indiana. And I was like, okay, you know, it's, it's good. I go. And then, you know, everything happened after that. But, but yeah, you know, and I was selling cakes to restaurants when I was 14 and I had to stop because my dad was like, no, you're liking money too much. You have to finish high school. <laughs> You know, you can't skip high school because you have to make cakes for restaurants. And, you know, I only knew at 14, like three cakes, but they were very good. And, you know, I used to sell it to restaurants. So what kind of cakes, what kind of cakes were you selling? No, it was like, 
It was like a, a like a, like cheesecake. It was nothing special. It was for Dean. Fourteen, <laughs> but it was though, good. that's great. And of course, I was yeah. I was making like cheesecakes. I had like my special brownie recipe that they will serve on the restaurants with like ice cream and of course chocolate flan. Um, so because I wanted to be a pastry chef first, so you know I did all these sweets, and and yeah. So so I always been you know very. Were your parents entrepreneurial yeah, background as well? Were your parents, did they have a, a strong, yeah. what, what were their backgrounds? Tell, tell me about that a little bit. Uh, my family in Mexico, they're wholesalers of alcohol spirits. They have liquor stores. So my family makes tequila. They make mezcal. They make brandy. My grandfather is, is a, a, you know, a very respected was a businessman. So... Yeah, my family working in business has been always, you know, in in my family. So they have liquor stores in Veracruz. So, so you always had that that desire to want to do your own thing, and and it sounds like so when you now that you're you're looking at opening a restaurant here in Miami, and but you're also doing World Central Kitchen. Are, are do you are you are you working for World Central Kitchen? Are you trying to balance both those things? What what is that? What do you, what do you foresee being able to do there? Um, I I I work with them as a, right now. I mean, when they come here uh, as a contractor, um, I could work with them if I wanted full time. Uh huh. Is Jose um, Andres telling you, Carla, you cannot <laughs> open your own that. restaurant. Yeah. You have to help me here. We no. need you. How's how's my Jose Andres, by the way? Is it is it passable? Does my Jose Andres does that communicate what he sounds uh, like? Don't encourage him. Come Carla, on. Don't encourage him. Come on. No, encourage him. Encourage amazing. him a little bit. Jose is amazing. He's such I Jose is amazing. I think he's for me being a boss, I mean, all of it, you know, it's he he truly is inspiring. And I'm not someone to tell you, oh I admire I don't like but Jose really is. He really does care. He really does. I mean, it's good to work with someone like that, you know, that he's always thinking about how you can do more. He's always thinking about how you can help more, what's the best for the people. And, and, and you know, he's that person that you think you got it and you're like, oh, and then he's like, hey, but this. And you're like, I didn't think about that. You're right. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, he's just, yeah, I... I would love to. I mean, I'll, I'm always gonna be close to Jose, and I'm always gonna be close to our Central Kitchen. It's my family, you know. I, I, yeah, that's uh, no, but I have to do my own thing too, and of course, follow my course. dreams a little bit. Of course. So, what's tell us so, a little bit more? You said you were opening two places. What's the other place, and where is it? Um, the other. I'm looking at another place, like closer to Little Haiti. Okay. Um, in that one, I want to make it uh, kind of like a same Mexican concept, but not like as fast and casual. Uh, that would be kind of like a more brunchy place. Okay. But I think Miami needs needs Mexican brunch. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Chilaquiles, right? Chilaquiles. So, oh else? yeah. Very what good else? One. What else? School us. Uh, everything, you know, like. Mollete, bombas, like more from the south. I wanna, I wanna bring. I'm really, I'm really more excited about, you know, showcasing the food that I grew up eating and, and honoring my grandmother. That you know, amazing woman, strong woman, and that's what I'm more excited about. You no, know, I, I can't do the. I love the fine dining. I, I, I did it. I love, but 
you know, when you when you're cooking with the heart and you're cooking with, I mean, who I am, and, and I'm very excited to bring that to Miami. And so, and what's the name of that restaurant going to be? I don't know yet. Oh, you haven't you haven't figured that. <laughs> oh, do you, do you already, <laughs> you already have a spot? I will tell you. I will tell you. All right. Okay. Uh, Listen, hey. we like food here. We want to know places to go and oh, eat delicious Mexican food. Oh, you will know when time food. is right. When time is right, you will know. You will know. You will so, know. Carla, definitely. I promise. When do you get to When do you get to take a break? When is your When is your shift? I think at the end of this week, because I am gonna. I have to. I have this dinner in Mexico this weekend that I have to do with uh, with uh, a chef, a very a chef that I admire a lot in Mexico, with Lalo Garcia from Maximo Strat. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a a, a, a lunch in Xochimilco uh, this Sunday, and then I have to I'm gonna cook at the Formula One. So so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break to do that, and then literally right after I'm coming right back. They're making me take a break, so. Wow. <laughs> They're making you take a break. They're huh? making you take a break. I mean, is that, but is that kind of like it to keep your mind might have, sane? Yeah, I might have, you know, like came into the office and just cried for two hours yesterday, yeah. you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you need a break, it's, it's Carla. It's just a lot, you know, it's, yeah. I might, you know, it's, 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 I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's not, it's not the physical work. It's, you see a lot. You see a lot, and, and as I say, for me, I just go, 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 go. I don't, not that you don't have empathy. Of course you have empathy, but it hits you. And when it hits you, it's, for me, yesterday I had a day where I was like, I just wanted to cry. I just wanted to cry, and I, and I keep telling myself, Carla, get yourself together, Carla. But I couldn't, you know, it was just, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. And now with the Russians going to the east and it's it's a lot so you you've basically been there for uh almost two months yeah a month and a half yeah almost. month and a half and then you take a little break and then you're gonna go back yeah for, do you know how long your next tour of duty is gonna be your tour of cooking no 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 how are you gonna open a restaurant when you're in when you're in halfway across the world no i have a i have an amazing no i have a i i mean i have an amazing partner and you know we've talked about these and I mean, it's, I mean, I'll come back when I have to, you know. But right now, I'm helping design a food truck wow. that would has the capacity to do like around thirty thousand meals a day, uh, from top to bottom. Design it, and we're gonna move. I'm gonna go to Ukraine. Wow! I want to go to Ukraine. That's your next uh, goal. We're gonna cook in that food truck. Yeah. So you gonna? I didn't gonna... want to when I came here, but now I want to go in and help. So you you're gonna create a food truck that will be in Ukraine that can cook up to thirty thousand meals a it's day. It's getting it's getting built right now. So yeah, I designed the equipment, the everything, uh, tilt skillets. Uh, we have uh, we have like um, how do you say like a vapor, like a pressure cooker for mm-hmm. 300, 641 pounds capacity for ovens passover ovens uh, i mean it's amazing food truck and we're gonna bring it into ukraine that's to the be... areas where you know you get in the areas where we're where, 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 tell us finish where that it's sentence hard before. to get your restaurants you know in the areas where there's you know no nothing 
nothing. That you it, can't get electricity or you can't get anything because it's being completely destroyed. Is is that scary a little bit to go into Ukraine? Because you said originally you didn't want to go into Ukraine and now, but that's got to be scary. It is. And it's my decision because when I talk to Jose, he's like, no, no, you're good here. I'm like, but I want to go. He's like, are you sure you want to go? I was like, yeah, Jose, I want to go. Last time he was here, I talked to him. He was like, okay, but if you go, you go with me. He's like, okay, but I want to go. He's like, are you sure? Again. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, it's your decision. But I don't want you to go. I was like, but I, I am going to go. I want to go. So, yeah, that's my So which parts, which parts of Ukraine would you take this truck? And how would you continue to source, to source uh, ingredients once you're in there? We have a big warehouse in Ukraine that we've been sending a lot of food to since the beginning. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about the areas that we're going to go into, but we have, we have resources there. And we're also working with a lot of local restaurants. And I mean, we have just in Ukraine, World Central Kitchen is giving, making and giving 150,000 meals a day just out of Ukraine. Wow. They're already doing that. So, oh yeah, in Ukraine, yeah. We're doing in, in general, in all of 250,000 meals a day. Uh, we're in Moldova, Hungary, uh, Slovakia, Ukraine, and Poland, five different countries. All the border crossings is 43 border crossings from north to south. So you feel like your mission is only getting started there. Like you're taking a break, you're taking a mental break, but then you're going back. You know, and I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I might as well just help more, you know, and do more. And yeah, I'm already here. And, and I think this is, if I have the opportunity to help and, and I think there's, I see, you know, there's a lot of people that want to come that want to be here and, and they don't have that opportunity, I do have it. And so I'm going to, you know, do it as much as I can. And and you're perfectly suited for that job because you come from a, a catering background. You've always, your mind has always been like yeah. a good Latin, how to feed a lot of people <laughs> with a, with whatever yeah. food you how have available. You know, there's no limits on that. There's never a limit on that. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Well, Carla, we have been... Very blessed to, to have your time to, for you to tell us um, uh, everything that you've seen and you're going through and the ways that you can help. Now, just to, to, to put things back onto a light note, whenever we have a guest, we ask them to play Kiss, Mary Kill with a food. So we pick, we, we ask you to pick three kinds of food, or, or we pick three kinds of food and you tell us which one you would kiss, which one you would marry, in other words, the one that, that you would stay with, and which one you would kill, which one you would have to get rid of. So you told okay. us about so you told us about some uh, the cakes you were cooking as a as a when kid for the 14. school when you were fourteen and you mentioned brownies okay you mentioned brownies flan and cheesecake so of those three which one do you kiss which one do you oh, like man. which one do you marry and which one do you have to get rid of definitely I marry chocolate anything that has chocolate wow okay um which one would I kiss I think I have to get rid of one. You yep. have to get rid of one. That's the game. You say? That's the game. That's the game. I don't make the rules. Hate the game, not the player. Maybe the cheesecake. I'll get rid of the cheesecake. You can't get rid of the flan. Come on. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> so you'll kiss the flan. You'll marry the brownie. Yeah, I'll marry the, the and brownie. And you get rid of the, yes. the cheesecake. The cheesecake, yes. Definitely. 
I like it. I'm I'm cool with those choices. Yeah, me too. I'm on board with that too. <laughs> Carla, you're doing you're doing Perfect. incredible work there. Thank you for making the time. Please take care of your mental health, and uh, and we look forward to hearing uh, more from you about your own restaurants here in Miami, and and we hope to talk about more in, about that in the future. Thank you so much for the invite. Take care. Take care. You too. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Doing the Lord's work. Are you ready? To, uh, you need to take a nap after that, right? Like, <laughs> we need saying. to take a, a Xanax after that. For sure. She is out there doing the Lord's work. And she has seen some things. You know, you, she has. you talk to her and you can tell that you can tell that the kind of things that we're seeing there, um, you we're not seeing in other disaster places. This is this is a man made disaster, I think that and she's seen things that are uh that none of us probably should. It's that kind of blew me away hearing her talk about like even like the the child trafficking, you know, like yeah. people taking advantage that's, of that that's scenario. A, really sad. Yeah. It's like the dregs of the dregs. Yep. That's but we'll, really sad. We'll, we'll keep an eye on her. Again, like her, her Instagram is great. It's um uh, at Chef Carla Hoyos. Uh and and you got to check it out because her her videos or photos are are pretty fantastic. Amy, I don't know how to top that, so I think uh nope, I think that's, that's a show. A show. <laughs> that's a show alright well we'll be here next week we'll do it peace out